Well, so excited to have my next guest on today. Uh, he is uh, someone I, I've, I've, I've appreciated both his work, both on television and uh, his scholarly work, uh, the books that he has authored. His name is Brian Kilmeade. He's the host of Fox and Friends. He's also the host of Fox News Radio's Brian Kilmeade show. And he's also the author of a book that I am very interested in reading, uh, two subjects that are that are very near and dear to my heart, of great interest to me. Uh, the book is called The President and the Freedom Fighter, Abraham Lincoln, Frederick Douglass, and their battle to save America's soul. And, and Brian, let's launch right into it. I mean, why this book and, and why right now? I think it's perfect right now. I didn't know how perfect when we started two years or two months ago. So it took me like nine months to come up with the topic. And then when I finally got started on it, uh, a lot of people were, were against it. You say, you know, do we really want to go into race? I go, how can I do the Civil War? How could I skip the Civil War, number one? Because I, I started with Washington, then with the Jefferson, Tripoli Pirates, Washington spies, and then went to Jackson, 1812, and then Sam Houston's in the Jackson book. I thought it would be perfect to pick up where he left off in the War. Battle for Texas. And I go, what's next? The Mexican War? I don't think there's enough there to get the mass audience. And I say, let's do the Civil War. But how do I do this? I mean, literally, I've gotten since I started this, I've gotten at least five Lincoln books mailed to me saying that they're brand new Lincoln books. There was oh, wow. a, uh, the book of the year was Frederick Douglass uh, sure. a few years back by David Blight. So what have I talked about what they meant to the country, their parallel lives, the self-made men, how no one would have bet on them being significant in life, let alone for the country. And both did. Without them, we wouldn't be the same country. But I do end uh, with the special, uh, which would I think about quite often from the day I started researching this is what would have happened if Lincoln lasted through the 1860s? Would he have actually uh, been a great peacetime president? I think yes. And could he have even run a third term? I mean, he was in his 50s. And then if you have Grant after that, America's in a lot better place today. Sure. I mean, I, yeah, I, yeah, the tragedy of the, the Andrew Johnson presidency. And it's interesting, right, because you have alternative historians that have speculated about Lincoln. And I think rather unfairly, uh, uh, Harry Turtledove, for instance, trying to make Lincoln out to be some kind of Marxist, which I don't think was is borne out by 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 history, by what Lincoln had to say. Let me let me talk about this, though. This issue, um, you know, there's a quote that is attributed to Lincoln that time is a great thickener of things. And this seems to be reflected in what Douglas and how, how Frederick Douglass viewed uh, the political realities that Abraham Lincoln faced. Can you, can you talk about that? Yeah, I mean, the country, the North was not ready for blacks and whites being equal. The North was not into slavery. Only 1% of the population was black. Uh, there were no slaves. They were, they were needed. Uh, they were, it was all manufacturing and banking and yeah. People self made the shopkeepers for the most part. I'm not saying there were no farms, but not like the South, where there were 350,000 slave owners, 4 million slaves. And then it got reinvigorated with the cotton gin. And when just as they were starting to transition away from tobacco, in comes cotton and you need man labor. And nobody wanted to stop the money from coming in. But the money was mostly all in the North. But when Lincoln comes to office, if he wanted to go, if he went with Frederick Douglass's agenda, he would have no country. Yeah. Simple as that. Douglas didn't see it that way, but Lincoln only knew it that way. So when, when you get zero votes from the South, 40% overall, you don't have a mandate. Yeah, You have to get there, and then you find out seven states have left the Union. So you can't do what Douglas wants to do. And if you look at Douglas's speech when he had to dedicate that freedom, uh, that freedom statue, which caused so much controversy, 
today, because it shows a black man getting up, breaking from his chains under Lincoln. Oh, yeah. He you know, Frederick Douglass was asked to dedicate that statue 10 years after his assassination. Wow. And he basically says, if he did what I did, uh, if he did what I would say I was going to do, uh, you know, I found him very slow and plotting uh, in doing the things that are necessary. But judging by where the country was, he was swift, direct and needed. So he began to see life after he finally met Lincoln and talked openly with him. He knew he was not a racist. He knew he treated Douglas absolutely as an equal and maybe a superior, was in awe of what he accomplished and really wanted to get his input. That's how Lincoln was, was with just about everybody of, of note. And then, and then you see the fact is he knew he had to go slow because now he's dealing with the aftermath of the war and he sees some behaviors are still dug in. Oh, yeah. So let's talk about this because, you know, we, we talk about the divisions in America today, America at a crisis. We are truly a divided nation. There's no two ways about it. And people view the world in, in very different ways. Um, and, and so my, one of my questions is, have we had social media? There's going to be a weird social media question, Brian, but I hope you can answer this. If we'd had social media back in the, the post-Civil War days, could America have ever healed I mean, you know, thinking about, thinking about the divisions that social media caused. Anyway, I want to get your thoughts on that. Well, not if Mark Zuckerberg was running things, <laughs> since we find out that he wanted the friction and was playing yeah. into it. So it's not organic. Yeah. You know, it's very tough. I mean, for example, the Nixon, I mean, how would the impeachment went with Nixon if there was if there was yeah. a legitimate pushback on the Watergate? I mean, considering everything that's oh, been sure. going on. I mean, there's nothing that would be the same, but. Uh, media was a big deal. You know, he got he got rid of, you know, there were right wing newspapers, there were left wing newspapers. So there was polarization there, but not as quickly and deliberately and directly. Uh, it would have made things a lot, a lot more challenging or we could have used it to further define each other. Yeah, and maybe help and help get us through this. And let's flip it around then, you know, you know, obviously applying the, the technology of today to what was happening then. But let's take a look at what, you know, both Lincoln and Douglas and how they viewed the world and how they viewed the politics and how they viewed the idea of bringing Americans together. How would they be viewing politics today? And I mean, obviously, this is part of what, what I think you get into in the book. How would they be working to solve the problems in America today? The way they did it. I mean, they yeah. made organizations, they gave speeches, they demanded action, you know, you know big things like freedom. Not, not freedom for this, no, freedom in general. So I think that that was kind of, if you look at the abolitionist movement, you see the way they went about it. You see how they were working towards uh, suffrage with women. You see what Frederick Douglass was doing with Susan B. Anthony. You know, he was all about freedom and equality. And I think that's, that's what we got to do today. But don't burn down a city because you don't like a judge's decision. Uh, you don't destroy a law and order uh, because you don't like how it, uh, how one incident came out. I mean, we overreact. We have overreacted over the last 15 years consistently on everything. It's, the latest example is this Russian hoax. Oh, yeah. No, no, we, we, absolutely. It's so funny because I spend a, 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 quite a bit of time talking about uh, Adam Schiff's appearance on The View the other day. And there, there's a man who who apparently doesn't understand his his role in all of this. No kidding. And his level of culpability. But because but, I want to talk about the book, and again, the book is called The President and the Freedom Fighter, Abraham Lincoln, Frederick Douglass, and Their Battle to Save uh, America's Soul. I mean, with, with that in mind, right, one of the things that I talk quite a bit about on the radio and elsewhere, you know, we talk about federal executive branch power, 
It's not what I want to talk about. But I want to talk about the idea of two competing philosophies on <clears throat> empowerment and disempowerment. And it still seems to be the same way today that there is one philosophy that wants to disempower individuals, whether it's to defend themselves or make choices about education or to make choices about health issues. And there's another power that, you know, another side that wants to see people empowered to make choices. I mean, this is really what Lincoln and Douglas were both fighting for, weren't they? Absolutely. Freedom to make choices, opportunity for the country, a sense, you know, when Lincoln starts researching for that Cooper Union speech, specifically what the founding fathers who we worship thought, Jefferson especially, thought about slavery, he was uh, reportedly heartened. They hated it. They knew it had to go. They just couldn't figure out how to get rid of it. That's what our, that's what our system set up to get better. Something as egregious as slavery, the original sin, all that works. But to not cite the, the, the progress is yeah. to not understand America. To not understand. I mean, do people walk around like, oh, this horrible society? They really believe it. Yeah, and 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 certainly again, we talk about I mean, folks are saying we're you know we've never been more divided. America's never been where no, I mean we literally fought a civil war and, and we've when we came we've come back from it. Um let's so you guys are doing you're doing a Fox special. There's a, gonna be a TV special on this as well. Done. It's already migrated to Fox Nation. I think it'll like go. it. It took six months to shoot. And really, because you had to do two stories of two men. Of course. Uh Rochester, New York, not around the block. And uh, Indiana, where he, where he spent the bulk of his boyhood, not around the block. Um, and we did that, going to Maryland, went to Washington, uh, sure. went to New York City, uh, went over to Charleston, South Carolina with Lindsey Graham and Tim Scott to talk about the view of the both men from the South Carolina perspective. And here Lindsey Graham says, I was told in school was the war of northern aggression. Sure. And, and Tim Scott uh, hearing war between the states. And then, you know, we yeah. found out reality more and more the more they moved out. But he's totally against critical race theory because, as Condoleezza Rice said it best, you don't get anywhere in life. You embrace your blackness, but you don't want to vilify a little white boy or girl and say they are the problem. There's nothing that, that grows from that. Well, and I mean, that's right. what we try to do in the special through the, a black senator and a white senator in the first state to secede. When you highlight our divisions, when you highlight what divides, listen, John Wayne said it, a hyphenated American is, is a divided American. When you highlight what's divide, what divides us, you get division in the end. So what's what's next? Have you figured out what your next book is gonna be? No, uh, I really don't know. You know, I, I wanted to get this done. The pandemic was surreal. So it was like one big study hall as opposed to a lot more interaction and sure. collaboration. So this is the first time, it's, well, I've only been talking about it out loud for a week, but it did come in at number three in week one. Um, so pretty pleased that people seem to want the message. And I was very concerned uh, about people thinking of putting uh, perception and opinion in it. And you'll see quotes everywhere. Wow. And if people want to go deeper, go to the North Star. His newspaper is online. Sure. You'll see how he felt. And every I, the first thing I did is read every single uh, Lincoln speech. There you and go. in it, you see some problems. I mean, you see some things that will make your screen screen go. Sure. I don't. You know, blacks and whites should be, you know, there should not be slavery. Everyone should have liberty. But I don't think blacks and whites are equal. I don't think yeah. interracial marriage works. Okay. You know what that's called? 1840. Yeah, it's called absolutely. 1830. Yeah. We were we were a different society and people viewed the world differently uh, back then. I'm excited to read the book. I'm, I'm almost done. I've been reading a biography of, of, uh, of uh, General Custer. Um, and once I'm done with that, then I'm going to turn to, to yours. Brian, thank you so very much for joining me today. Yeah, I will not give away the ending of the Custer story. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>
All right, Andrew, thank you. Have good luck at your conference. Thank you. All right, man.